Joel's going to be preaching today. I love, like, he is a great preacher. I absolutely love this guy. And I get so excited when I see young men using their gifts. Um, or young ladies. Because we all know we have ladies preach at this church as well. But Joel, we love you. And I know you're talking about love. Lord bless you as you preach, as you bring the word. And I'm so proud of you. It's so good. Blessings, buddy. Thanks, Jeff. You guys appreciate Jeff too? Yes. All right. Appreciate that, Jeff. Just want to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm just going to pray to, I know we do a lot of praying, but I believe you can never pray enough. Father, I thank you for this morning and we ask that you would speak to us. Not the things necessarily that we want to hear, but the things that we need to hear. Lord, I ask that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that you'd open up our ears, open up our eyes to see you as you are, Lord, that you'd remove any hindrances that get in the way, that distort your truth, that distort your love, that hinder your, hinders your love from touching us fully. We just give you permission to move in this place in Jesus' name, amen. Oh yeah, kids, Go. Be blessed. You know, I, it, the part of the service where the kids go, the parents are like, yes. Don't, you're all judging me, but parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, just go. Be blessed. Anyways, um, so Jeff asked me to talk on love because it's Advent. And truthfully, like I grew up in church. My dad used to be a pastor and I never really did Advent. And when I heard about Advent for, Advent for the first time a couple of years ago, I thought it was like the Christmas chocolate calendars, honestly. I just thought that's what it was. And so never spoken on Advent or been asked to speak on it. And so Jeff is like, hey, can you speak on Advent? I was like, great, what am I supposed to talk on? And he's like, oh, talk on love. And so I'm like, okay, that's great. So we're going to be talking on love this morning, and I'm going to be doing it a little bit differently than maybe most Christmas messages that tie in love um, during this time of year. Um, but one thing I'll say is this, is love is very, very practical. And as I'm going through this message, I want you to think of it that way because we could be so caught up in hearing about the love of God, especially in, in the Christmas season where we're spending time with family and friends and you know, eating good food. Um, we could be so caught up you know, talking about love and hearing about love that we forget to practically love people. And we often think that loving people is in the big things, like the big, you know, outside of the box opportunities. But 98, 99% of life and of loving people is in the small day-to-day -day things that you do. And as we go into this Christmas season, even as we talk about this morning, I want you to think about that for a moment. What can I do in the small day-to-day -day things that seems insignificant to me? but it may mean something to someone else. And this morning I was driving here to, uh, coming early to meet with the team and pray back there. And as I was driving, um, I stopped at Tim Hortons, grabbed a coffee. And as I was pulling into the drive-thru, I, I saw a guy holding a sign. And I couldn't read the sign. And to be honest, I didn't care what the sign said in that moment because as soon as I saw him and I saw this guy holding the sign, the Lord told me, he's like, go buy him a coffee. So I'm like, okay, so I didn't need to read the sign. So I go through the drive-thru, grab a coffee. And um, you know, when you do these types of things, 
sometimes on the street or for people, you know, holding signs, it gets so easy to judge people, right? Like how many times have you been driving somewhere or you're walking down the street and someone comes up to you, asks you for something, right? Naturally in our mind, what can happen easily is, oh, they're just gonna spend it on this. They're gonna spend on that. They're gonna waste it. Or like, what did you do? Why don't you get a job? All these different things, right? All those things that we think all the time. And as I was in the drive-through, I had a moment of that but then I remember that it only lasted like a second because I remember I was like, God told me to buy him a coffee, so I'll just buy him a coffee. And so go through a drive-through and I go up to him, park my car, roll down my window. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And I just talk with him for a few minutes. And he starts telling me like in a 30 second nutshell, he's like, and I've never heard anyone say it quite like this before, but basically we he said, he's like, I don't do this really, but I just have no other options. I got a job, but I'm waiting for this thing to come in and it's about two weeks out and, I hate being here standing on the street and asking for this, but I just needed to. And I said, oh, I bought you a coffee. And I said, God told me to, and God loves you. And I had an opportunity to pray for him and talk with him about Jesus. And as I was driving away, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Joel, that's what it's about. And I'm like, what, $2.15? He's like, no. That's what it's about. It's in the small, insignificant things. That doesn't mean anything to you, Joel, but you have no idea what I'm doing in that guy in that moment. That's love. When you're with your family, how easy is it, or how hard is it rather, like to be patient with your spouse, your kids, parents, siblings, right? When they do, especially when they do stupid things. But you never do stupid things, right? It's always them. They're the stupid ones, right? And then you're like, yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> but isn't it funny how everyone always does the stupid stuff, but never you? But it's hard in those moments to love them practically, right? So my point of all this is I want to really focus on practical today. So I'm actually going to be talking about love versus fear because um, they tie in together, but it's very contextual right now dealing with fear, but also dealing with love. And as I get into this, I want you to view it through this lens that there has never been a more practical time right now than to talk about love versus fear, okay? And it's actually, this transcends this time that we're in right now, that even outside of a pandemic, outside of the economy, outside of all these things that are going on, this is a timeless message, because you will never outgrow love. You will never be in a position in your life where you will not have to work at fighting fear. Okay? So don't just box it into this time that we're in right now, okay? A big mistake that we can make as believers is we try to justify our current circumstances. How many have done that before? Where you try, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm right, God. I'm, I'm sorry that I did this, but this is the reason why I did that. And, you know, we can throw in, it's work-related. You know, we do this with our spouse, right? We do this with our family. Like, oh, it's work-related or it's a, it's a family situation. It's a pandemic. It's, it's personal health, whatever's going on. We can justify reasons why, why we aren't obeying God. It's so easy for us to do that. And I remember recently I was talking to someone, um, they were talking to me about giving and it wasn't Zach. Wasn't he, didn't you love that testimony? Literally, he texted me that. He's like, guess what happened? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I told you, right? 
That was a good, I told you so, right? It's not like the sassy, I told you. It's like, I told you. He's like, yeah, I know. I love that. But anyway, someone was talking to me about giving and they were saying, they were sharing with me about how hard it is for them to give. They want to give and they approached me about this because I'll always talk about giving. But they came up to me, they're like, I want to give, but I have a hard time. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, I just do. I'm like, it has to do with your family background, wasn't it? And they're like, yeah. Their mother basically grew up in the church and was hurt by the church. And as a result, their mother didn't give at all. And as a result of being raised by their mom, um, they were taught basically not to give because of X, Y, and Z. And so at times she would give because she wanted to, but as she would give, she would get scolded and reprimanded by her mom. And she's like, I want to embrace this lifestyle of giving to people and serving people, but I'm afraid of what my mom has to say. And that's real, right? Like it's easy to talk about things, but when like real life hits and the rubber meets the road and you're, you know, when you walk out these front doors and then, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic and you feel like giving them the bird. And <laughs> Jeff, I saw that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you know, like when those real things happen, it's easy to talk about it, but then life surrounds you and it just like floods in and it's hard. And so she was genuine. She's like, I want to do this. And I said to her, I looked her in the eye and I said this, you said, you have two choices. Either you will have to not give, sorry, I said, either you will have to give and explain to your mom why you're giving or one day stand before the Lord and explain to the Lord why you didn't give. I'll say that again. Either you have to explain to your mom why you are giving or you'll have to stand before the Lord and explain why you didn't give. But we could do this in any situation in your life. When God's asking you to obey and to love people, right? You can have all the reasons. My brother's being an idiot. My sister's this. Or my sister's a saint, isn't she? Janine. <laughs> She's there. Uh, you know, we could, we could explain these things away, right? But in the moment, it's like, we'll have to stand before the Lord. And God's going to ask you, why didn't you love that person? Why, when you were driving by, why did you not buy them a coffee when I told you to? And you could, you could, anyways, you guys get what I'm saying. So we always have a choice to obey or to not obey. And your specific situation, whatever you're going through right now, guys, whether it's with relationships, financially, health, whatever it is, you always have the required grace that you need in this moment. And some people, they tell me, they're like, you have no idea what I'm going through, Joel. I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And let's say you're going through hell. Everything is just burning around you. You're about to go bankrupt, all, whatever it is, okay? I, it doesn't matter. But regardless of what you're going through, the bigger the challenge in your life means the bigger the grace. You will never be short grace. There will never be an opportunity, a problem in front of you that is so big that God's grace will not be able to help you, empower you to get out of it and to get through it. Please remember this because nothing is bigger than God's grace and his love in your life. To my hope today, as I'm going through this, that I'll push some buttons. I hope I do. Because I believe some of the best things that God has for us are things that we don't want to hear, but that we need to hear. 
And it's easy to have, you know, go through services, to go through, you know, go read through the word and like pat ourselves on the back for the good things that we're doing. And we need that. But sometimes we just need God to smack us on the backside. Right? How many people have been there? Come on, half of you are lying then. Okay. Yeah. So right now we're in a time like any other in history. We all know that, right? You talk about everything that's going on and things are escalating and moving quickly. And it's easy when we look at the news to get discouraged and to think that the devil is winning. We talked on this uh, for a couple minutes on Friday night at Dwayne's. How many people are there Friday night? Ho. I am no, I'm not a late night person. I'm very big on time management. I'm getting better. And I go to bed like systematically and I get up at this right time. So I go to bed like 10, 1030. And I was there till 3 a.m. It was up to four. So good night. Friday nights, you have to come. It's awesome. But anyways, I, I shared on this briefly, but it's easy to look at what's going on and to think that the devil's winning. And to be like, man, I'm watching the news. And have you ever noticed that everything you hear on the news is negative? Do you know why? It's because uh, 60, 70 years ago, they used to actually print positive news. Did you know that? That in the, it was normal in the news industry, they would promote positive things. And they'd have a little negative in there and things like that. But then they realized as they were doing the numbers and counting the money, that negative news sold better. So what they did, I, I, I dare you to prove me wrong. You turn on the news, at least 95% of everything you hear is negative. You go on your phone, it's all negative, okay? So no wonder why after you turn on the news, you feel like crap afterwards because you just ingested a plate of negativity. No wonder why you're gonna think like, oh, like the world's going to hell. Well, that's because you just listened to a message from hell. Okay, just call it for what it is. And if you're in the news industry, I, I love you guys. I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this one. <laughs> There's grace. But you guys get what I'm saying, right? Like, but it's easy to think that we're losing. But guys, one of the tactics of the enemy is always to lie. He's always lying. And I heard this phrase years ago. It said, never believe the devil, even when it seems like he's telling the truth. Because he's not. And so if the devil is actually losing, it would seem in his nature to seem like he's actually winning. You see, when the devil is trying to make it seem like he's winning, he's winning your life, he's winning out in society, he's winning on this, it's because he's actually scared because he's actually losing, because God is doing greater things than what you are actually seeing right now. And so our natural reaction is when bad things happen is to give the devil the credit. Guys, he's not that good. Half the dumb stuff that happens is actually just your fault. It's true, right? You do that stuff, you're like, oh, it's the devil. No, you were an idiot. That's what happened there. There was nothing spiritual about it. It was just your dumb decision, right? but we give the devil the credit. We're like, oh, the devil did this. The devil made me do it. Guys, like stop. Why are we so quick to praise the devil instead of praise God? If you want to talk about what the devil's doing, you're going to get more about what the devil's doing in your life. Why not flip the script? And guys, you cannot lose because whatever's happening in your life, God is using it. 
God is repositioning you. God is positioning you for greatness. God is, and this is not just a positive message, it's true. Because the Bible says that he takes you from glory to glory. One moment you're in his love, then he's taking you deeper into his love and deeper and deeper and deeper. And God's doing good things because all things work out for those who love God and are called what? According to his purpose. Do you love God? Then you're already on the winning team. Anyways, let's keep going. So the devil's main agenda, guys, talking about love and fear, is to promote fear. It's always been his plan. It's never actually changed because how the kingdom works, the kingdom of heaven, faith is the currency in the kingdom. Fear is the king, kingdom in darkness's currency. So heaven, you have faith. In darkness, you have fear. Okay, there is, though, that's how they work. And whatever you choose to focus on, whatever you give your attention to actually will multiply in your life and it will multiply around you. And I promise you, you cannot have love and fear in your life at the same time. Either you will be filled with one and the other will be super small or you will be filled with the other and the other one will be super small. Which one is operating in your life right now? You guys okay? Okay, first of all, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Whatever fear you're facing right now, guys, and this is on the granule level, like whatever area in your life you're struggling with fear, anything like that, that is not from God. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, there's that L word, and a sound mind. Jeff actually prayed that this morning. So God has not given you fear. So if you have fear, you need to recognize that it's not for you, it's not from you, and it's not, it shouldn't be for you. You can say no to it. And one of the most demonic lies I've heard is where people say, you know, they have fear in their mind about something, and it could be about their future, it could be about their health, it could be about their finances, it could be about their plans, and they're like, oh, it's, it's wisdom. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to have some wisdom in my life. How many people have said that? Be honest, Okay. And you're like, it's wisdom because after all, Proverbs 9 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But notice it's about the fear of the Lord, not the fear of lack, okay? Any fear outside of the fear of the Lord will lead you into wisdom except it's worldly and demonic wisdom. The fear of the Lord will always lead you into wisdom, true wisdom. But if you are operating under a different type of fear, it will always lead you into demonic and earthly wisdom. You guys hear me on this? Okay, so you will be led into some type of wisdom. The problem is it's the wrong type usually. What voice are you listening to? How many times in the last, you know, two years, last 20 years in your life. You pick a time frame. It doesn't matter, guys. This is more than just COVID. I hope you get this, okay? When in your life have you listened to fear and you've chosen to do something out of fear and you realize like, oh my goodness, why did I do that? Because you were being led by the wrong voice. What voice is leading you? Is it God's love or is it fear? We're so quick to disguise fear as something else and call it something else. We call it things like this. We call it stress. 
We call it anxiety, worry. Oh, this is my favorite, care. I just care. (laughs) That's why you look miserable all the time. (laughs) I'm so glad you care. You know, there's care or it's called being responsible, right? Or we worry about what God's saying. We have a backup plan. Guys, I hate plan Bs. I don't believe God has a plan B. He doesn't because everything's his plan A. And when you're being led by God, God always has a plan A. So parents, if you're telling your kids about plan B, please stop doing that. Make sure that they're tied in with the Lord, that they're hearing from the Lord and that they're following the Lord. And when God tells them to do something crazy, let's not focus on plan Bs. I'm going to teach my kids they're six and three. There's no such thing as plan B. When God tells you to do something, you go all in. Well, if God doesn't come through, well, then that's God's problem. Okay, so we'll keep going. So to properly deal with anything, it's important that we determine what's actually happening so we can properly handle it. The battlefield, guys, that you and I are facing on a daily basis is in between our two ears. It's in our mind. Everything, your victory or your defeat happens up here. That's why Paul says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, God loves you guys. He's crazy about you. Well, how come I don't feel it? Well, what are you allowing to block it? Have you ever have those moments where like you're in, maybe you're in a worship service or you're just in your, in your house and you have these moments where you just start feeling God's love and his affection towards you? Guys, that's what he's feeling all along. It's not in that one moment that he all of a sudden got super giddy and he's like, ah, I love you. It's not like he had this sudden outburst or like he just got super excited because he's having a good day and he's feeling super joyful. (laughs) Guys, he's always feeling that towards you. Even when you do the, guys, especially when you do the dumb stuff. I'm gonna say that again. When you do the dumb crap that you do, that I do, the things that you're like, man, why did I do that again? When you do those things and you you feel the condemnation come on you, when you feel the heaviness, when you feel the fear, the regret, it's in those moments that I would dare to say that God almost loves you more. But the devil's trying to say, well, no, you did that so God doesn't love you. Guys, stop tuning out that garbage. Start tuning out that garbage. God is always full of love for you. And if you want to love people, especially in times like this, it's very, very important that you actually are receiving his love because guys, we have problems receiving. We do. We're so like, everyone agrees that giving's great. 98% of people love giving, but you cannot give what you don't have. So if you want to give a lot, you need to have a lot. Well, God's just going to give it to me. Well, yeah, that's true, but you have to receive it from him in order to give it from him, okay? So if, you, if we have a problem receiving, then we won't have his love in us, so we can't give his love. If you want to love people well, guys, first take care of yourself. I love the airplane analogy where it's about putting on your own mask first. That is your spiritual life. You and I have a job to do, and that's to put on our own spiritual mask I don't like masks, but I'll put on this mask. (laughs) To put on our spiritual mask where we're breathing in his life, where we're breathing in his love, where all the noise and all the garbage and everything that's going on is just completely 
taken out and it's just him. And when you get filled with him, his peace, his joy, his life, that's when you can go out of your house, out of the four walls here and actually love people well. Guys, when you're full of God's love, it is so easy to love people. The reason why you and I have days where it's hard to love people and all we wanna do is rip someone's head off, metaphorically speaking, (laughs) is because we are not filled with God's love in that moment. The problem is not them. It's actually you. So we have so much going on at any given point that we have all these voices coming at us. God God wants to speak to you. And this morning we're gonna do some, after we're done all this, we're gonna have some ministry time. And I love ministry time. I'll always sign up for ministry time. Some of you in this room, you need to get your your hands laid on you. You need to get some stuff broken off. But God is always wanting to speak to you. Did you know that God's a chatterbox? But I never hear him. Well, why don't you? He's always talking, guys. I led someone to the Lord and he was 18 years old. And he's like, I've never heard God before. I'm like, you can hear God, it's super easy. He's like, how do I hear him? I'm like, this is how. I tell him in five minutes. I gave him a pen, piece of paper. I was like, all right, you write down for the next five minutes everything God's gonna tell you. He's like five minutes old in the faith, guys. He starts writing down so fast he can't keep up. Because God is a chatterbox. We'll title this message that, I don't care. God's a chatterbox because he loves you. Guys, when you love someone, you wanna talk to them. You wanna engage with them. You always wanna spend time with them. But we have this idea that God's not talking. He's always talking. But what's blocking that in between your two ears? What are you listening to? The problem is we're often listening to other things besides him and God takes the back burner. God will never force himself upon you. If you want more of God's love in your life, you need to hear more of his voice. Really practical. So we need to establish that God loves you and he's always speaking, but most people, they have this problem that understanding that God actually loves them. Let me put it this way. I said this two minutes ago that if you have a problem receiving, you will struggle with receiving the love of God. We have, we, have, we live in a society where we struggle with receiving. Guys, and if you don't believe me, go out for coffee with someone and offer to buy them the coffee. Watch what happens. It's like they manifest. They're like, <laughs> it's like, what do you think I'm broke? I'm buying my own coffee. You stupid idiot. It's like, whoa, I just offered to buy you coffee, right? It's like my best friend. <laughs> it's like, but we do that, right? We have problems receiving because we don't think that we're worth it. That's why you struggle with it. That's why I struggle with it. But you are worth it. And just to drive it a little further home, John three sixteen. everyone knows this, okay? And half the people in the room are probably like, you don't need to say it, Joel, I already know it. I know it! God loves me! I'll back off, stupid idiot. Whoa! But if we actually understood that, God's love for us, for real, we wouldn't struggle with three quarters of the crap that we allow into our lives. How much of the stuff is identity issues we have? Insecurities. Because we're trying to look good before people. We're trying to achieve something so we could feel good about ourselves versus actually realizing that God already loves you and he's already proud of you just the way you are. But if you think about it, God sent his son, like that verse says, everyone knows God, sent, God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Let's talk about this for a second, just a quick second. 
Because that's really Christmas. Christmas, oh, Jesus coming to earth here, okay? And if God loved you, that means he paid something for you, okay? Um, why is it that we go out to like Starbucks and spend like five, six dollars on coffee? It's because you love it and some of you have addiction issues. Because <laughs> we're stupid idiots. <laughs> That's the word of the day. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Starbucks. But why is it that we pay five dollars for a cup of coffee when we can pay two dollars somewhere else? Because in our mind, the value of what they're giving us, it's worth five dollars, Right? You guys with me on this, tracking? Okay, so I, I, one time I flew to Europe. I was speaking for a couple of weeks there at some different churches. And as I was flying through Amsterdam, I, got, I saw a Starbucks. And I'm like, oh, the holy land. <laughs> guys, if you, like, I'm a shorter guy, but like when you go to Amsterdam, you're walking around and you're like, holy cow, look at everyone. You feel like you're in the land of the Nephilim. Everyone's like super tall, right? And so anyways, I'm like in line. I'm looking up at the barista. <laughs> like, and I see my drink that I always get, right? And here I pay like $5 for it. And there, it was like $10. And I look at it, I'm like, 10 bucks? And I just left the line. Not because I couldn't afford it, but because in my mind, it was not worth 10 bucks. It was worth $5 and I wasn't gonna pay a penny more. Cheap. <laughs> But in our mind, this is how we work, guys. When we pay for something, we say it's of that value, right? And if we don't buy it, it's because it's not worth that. But when it goes on sale, we'll buy it because that's the price, right? That we'll pay for it. So I guarantee Starbucks, if you would not buy that $5 drink and no one bought it, they would lower their price, $4.50 for it. Everyone's buying it now, it's worth four bucks, okay? But the price of something, sorry, the value of something is worth what somebody's willing to pay the price for it. That's how the market works, okay? So when God looked at you before you came here onto this earth and he saw you, what he was saying is like, oh my goodness, they are so precious. Just talking about you. Don't forget, forget your neighbor, you. He's saying, you are so precious. And he had just you in mind. And he was saying, oh my goodness, what can I, what can I pay to have relationship with them. And he looked around heaven. He looked at all the angels. He looked at everything, all of creation, uncreated, created, all that stuff. And he's like, the only thing that I can give of that value for that person is my son. Guys, let this sink in. Heaven went bankrupt for you. What does that say about your value? and God's love for you. If God, it wasn't God just giving his son. Guys, it was God giving everything for you. When you let that sink in, a lot of the issues, the stuff that we deal with, the fear, the insecurities, it just starts melting off. The addictions, the things that we give ourselves to, the pride in our life, all this stuff that we try to achieve, it just starts melting off under God's love. We, and especially in this season, guys, we need more than ever to get into God's love. So he loves you, you better believe it. So God's always wanting to speak to you and you need to receive it. But also the devil's always trying to speak to you and he's full of crap. I've said four times now. I love, I love saying crap in a service. Do you know why? Because it gets religious 
things go in. I hate the religious spirits, okay? Anyways, I'll talk with Jeff after maybe. <laughs> but, but guys, when you, have, when you have things coming at you, the devil, it says that he shoots fiery darts at you, okay? It's lies. It's lies about your identity. It's lies that God's not gonna provide. It's lies that, you know, like Zach mentioned up here, it's like, I know the truth in giving, but then we can get so used to looking at the circumstances and then we can let fear set in. It's a fear of lack. Been there, done that. It's the insecurities, right? And the devil's speaking these things into our lives and they're flaming arrows that cause doubt, fear, and insecurity, guys. And Jesus said in Matthew 7, where he says this, and he's talking about false prophets, but you can actually apply it to the thoughts in your mind. Okay, I want you to view it through, the, through that lens. You will know them, your thoughts, by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs, figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree or every good thought, everything that's from above bears fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Guys, your thoughts and the, the things that are happening in your thought life, do you know that you think 25 to 50,000 thoughts a day? And by the way, 70% of them minimum are negative. That's the science behind it. Okay, so, and not all of them are your thoughts. You don't believe me? Okay, how many times have you heard in your mind, you are stupid? You are a stupid idiot. <laughs> you are this, you're terrible, you're a bad father. How many times have you heard those things? Why would you address yourself as you? Those aren't your thoughts. It's the devil trying to tear you down, guys. So don't believe him. Just say no to them. And when it comes to your own thoughts, guys, because that, you know, God's wanting to speak, but the devil's trying to speak at you. And then you have your own thoughts going around, 25 to 50,000 of them a day, which are like, what, 35 a, a, a minute, or something like that. They're always going. Most of them are negative. So no wonder why you feel so down all the time because you're like self-programming yourself, negative stuff. Okay? You need to cleanse that. Another thing is people. Who are you hanging out with? The people that are around you, you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Have you ever been around negative people then you leave hanging out with them and you feel negative, right? That's because you're around negative people because people influence one another. If you, if you, like, have you noticed like you have like a super like fit friend in your life that's like just jacked and shredded. Every time you look at them, you're like, the, yeah, like Jeff, you look at Jeff, you're like the body of a God. <laughs> the God bod. <laughs> but you have this friend in your life and you know, they work out all the time. They're very disciplined. They eat good, all that stuff, right? And the more you hang out with them, the more you actually start thinking that way. You notice that? And you start going to the gym. You're like, what am I doing? You start like taking supplements and all that stuff, right? Or you're around very positive friends and they're always like, you know, being positive and you leave there and you're like, man, I'm feeling good, Right? Because your friends influence you. And they've actually done studies on this, guys, that they boiled it down to this, that your friends are so important that they say who you are today will actually, and who you are five years from now, the only difference and what will create that type of person that you will be five years from now are the books that you read and the people that you hang out with. 
Those are the two things. And you, the science shows that you are the average of the five closest people in your life. And they've actually, it's called osmosis, okay? They've actually boiled it down. You are the average of their mindsets. You are the average of their spiritual depth. You are the average guys of their income and net worth. So if you want to raise, raise your friends. (laughs) Hey, why are you dropping me? Because you don't make enough. (laughs) Don't do that. But if you, my point is this, I'm not saying that guys, hear me out. But like, my point is, if you hang out with losers, you're going to be a loser. If you hang around people that suck the life out of you, that are promoting fear and all this type of stuff, you're not going to have the love of God in your life. I'm not saying just, you know, hate friends. Don't do that. But be selective with the people that you spend time with. Really look at the people that bring you up, the people that bring life into you, the people that you can put life into as well. It's not just about receiving, guys. It's about being in a community of people. This is a great community. I love this community. But even outside this, like in your own community, in your homes and everything, be around people that actually have the love of God, that are going after the love of God so they can inspire you after the love of God. You guys okay? Okay. Can I have the worship team come up? I want to end on this point and then we're going we're gonna to pray for, for people whoever wants prayer. Right now, again, the devil's main agenda is to promote fear across the world. And it's fear, 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 fear. And it's always been this way, guys. This is not just the last 18 months. But right now, the devil's really overplaying his hand. That's what's happening. And if you've partook in the fear, whether it's a fear of COVID or maybe it's not, fear of your finances, fear of lack, fear of not being loved, fear of not being accepted, whatever the fears you're facing in your life, guys. Okay, and please don't justify this. I already already hear it. Please don't justify it, but you don't understand. But COVID's real, but just cut the crap, just... Cut the excuses. I'm not going to argue with you because you can always argue with yourself and other people about why you should stay where you're at. And we do that, don't we? We justify our position of, God, I'm I'm full of anxiety in my life. God, I'm full of, you know, I'm just feeling terrible about myself. And you can fight to stay in that position, guys. I did for years. Depression, There's a few people in the room you need to get set free from depression this morning. I fought for years about being in depression. For three years of my life, I was so depressed. I was so self-induced with my situations and my stuff. And God, the whole time was trying to say, Joel, I love you. Joel, I have joy for you. Joel, I have peace for you. Joel, I have these things for you. But this depression was riding on my head and it was blocking out the voice of God. And for those three years, guys, I couldn't love people well. I could not because I had no love in my life. Some of you in this room, you're going through some stuff right now where the enemy is hitting you hard. He's hitting your finances. 
He's hitting your family. He's hitting your health. He's hitting all these different things in your life. And you feel like you're losing because you're looking at your bank account. You're looking at your marriage. You're looking at life and you're saying, I'm in the negative. I'm going down. The Lord reminded me of this. In the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were in Egypt for 400 plus years. They were oppressed when they were in Egypt, but they were never attacked. When did they start getting attacked? When they left Egypt on the way to the promised land. Guys, if you are getting attacked today and in this season, it's because you are actually moving forward. God is moving you forward. And you are taking step by step, day by day, you are actually on your way to the promised land. The reason why you are not getting oppressed like you were before is because you are actually going forward. What if instead of the opposition and the attack, instead of taking that as a sign that you're doing the wrong thing, what if in fact, if it is actually the opposite? What if it's actually a confirmation that you are heading in the right direction? that you are actually just inches away from your breakthrough? What if the reason why you've been, you got laid off from your job and you got attacked in that situation is because God's actually opening up a bigger door, a brighter door, so you could be around people that actually have the same heart as you and God's opening up your finances and you are right there. What if your division in your family, guys, guys, COVID didn't cause division in families. It just revealed it. I'm going to say that again. COVID did not cause divisions in families. It revealed it. That was always under the surface there. Pressure reveals what's actually there. What if what you're seeing in your family right now is because God is doing something bigger than you could ever imagine. And God is going to bring restoration. God is going to bring his love. God is going to bring his peace. God is going to unite families. And he's going to do that. And he's doing that in your life right now. The re- I'll say this again. The reason why you're getting attacked right now is because you are on the path to victory. Because you are entering in and you are in your promised land. And do not for a second let fear or doubt or worry block out the love of God because fear is a liar. If you have fear in your life, we need to get that out right now. I want to invite you to stand. Can I invite the ministry teams up? Something's going to happen here. This is, all, this is all voluntary. I hope everyone comes up because I feel like almost pretty much everyone needs this. But I feel like there's two things that we're going to go after here. Some people in the room here, you need fear broken off your life. You've been facing stress. And it could be, again, stress with school, stress with finances, with family, with health, with the economy. I heard someone the other day, I was in AMA, and the lady was saying to someone else, they're like, yeah, I have PTSD PTSD because of COVID. Guys, people 
it doesn't matter the situations, people take on stuff. And you, I feel like some people, you have fear in your life and you need it broken off. You need anxiety broken off. You need uh, fear. You need stress. You need worry. All that's gonna go this morning, guys, because I actually, what I see in the spirit is I actually see a line up here with the blood of Jesus. And as you cross this line, all of that stuff, that baggage is gonna start melting off. And it takes humility to come up here. But guys, you can keep your pride and keep your anxiety. I'd rather get rid of it. Been there, done that. And the second call is for people that you just need more love in your life. You need the love of God. You just, maybe you're not struggling with none of that fear stuff, but you just need more of his love. You want a touch of his affection. You want a touch of his love and what he's feeling for you. So if that's you, one of those two types, I want to invite you to come on up right now. Just wherever you're at. Don't look at whoever's whatever. You just, just you. If you want fear broken off or if you want more of God's love, whatever it is, just come on up to the front. Let's fill up the front here. And even as you're waiting, just I, I want you to be in a position of receiving. Because just as you're standing there waiting to get prayed for, God's going to start breaking things off your life and he's going to start touching you. I'm just going to ask our prayer teams to move towards people.